I had to uh, resend a PowerPoint. It didn't come through. Then my computer was kind of locked up. So, but I'm a vast. I understand computers very well. So. <laughs> Uh, later. <laughs> okay. Well, it's appropriate message. It is, we have hope. Anybody in here got hope? We have hope. Oh, man, hope is awesome. So, we're going to be uh, in Ephesians somewhat today and uh, bounce around a little bit, but in Ephesians. Let me start with this story here. Tim Keller wrote this in a book, Hidden Christmas. He said, years ago, I read in an ad in the New York Times that said, quote, the meaning of Christmas is that love will triumph and that we will be able to put together a world of unity and peace, end quote. Is that the meaning of Christmas? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to work out like that. But anyway, in other words, we have the light within us, and so we are the ones who can dispel the darkness of the world. We can overcome poverty, injustice, violence, and evil if we work together. We can create a world of unity and peace. Can we? No. <laughs> One of the most thoughtful world leaders of the late 20th century was uh, Vaclav Havel, the first president of the Czech Republic. He had a unique vantage point from which to peer deeply into both socialism and capitalism And he was not optimistic that either would by itself solve the greatest human problems. He knew that science, unguided by moral principles, had given us the Holocaust. He concluded that neither technology, nor the state, nor the market alone could save us from nuclear degradation. Quote, Pursuit of the good life will not help humanity save itself, nor is democracy alone enough, Havel said. Quote, A turning to and a seeing of God is needed. The human race constantly forgets that he is not God. The human race is not God, but we need God. And boy, do we have hope. We have so much hope. Socialism doesn't bring hope. Capitalism doesn't bring hope. Not the kind of hope we really need. Turning to God brings hope. And I want to talk about that today. The first point is this, what we were. And what we were is without hope. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. We're doing a study on Ephesians on Wednesday nights, and this was some of the stuff that we went over. Ephesians 2.12 in the New Living Translation says this, In those days, you were living apart from Christ or separate from Christ. You were excluded from God's people, Israel, and you did not know the promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. So Paul the Apostle is writing to uh, the Ephesian church. Of course, this letter was meant to go around, not just to them. But he was saying, you know, remember what you were? You were without God, and you were without hope at that time. I went through the McDonald's drive-thru some time ago and ordered, uh, I don't know, what is it, a number two? can't remember, but anyway, it's the cheeseburger meal. <clears throat> anyway, got to where I was headed, opened up the bag, got out the old burger, had the buns, <laughs> had the ketchup, 
had the mustard, had the tomatoes, had the cheese, but there was no meat. It's kind of an important part of a hamburger. (laughs) Something was seriously missing in this meal. Had all the extras, but didn't have the main thing. And that's the way a lot of people in life are living. They got all the extras, but they don't have the main thing. And the main thing is people need God. You can have all the things that God supplies, all of the blessings, you know, all. But if you don't have the hamburger, the rest means nothing. Got to have God. Well, they were without God. And uh, I read, a. uh, it was on the news this week about one of the cast of Saturday Night Live had sent out an Instagram that had people really concerned. You know, they started wondering, you know, started looking for him, actually. And this was the Instagram that he sent out. He said, I really don't want to be on this earth anymore. I'm doing my best to stay here for you, but I actually don't know how much longer I can last. All I've ever tried to do was help people. Just remember I told you so. Now, that's kind of an alarming message to send out, and people were really concerned. But, you know... If, if you don't have God, I mean, you can have all kinds of stuff. But if you don't have God, you don't really have hope. And people need hope. Hope is just, it's so powerful. Let me read this story. In, in the 1960s, Mary Ellen Rothrock was a grad student in English Lit at the University of Wisconsin. In 1998, she wrote in the Christian Reader magazine, Despair seemed to permeate the student body, especially those in the humanities. A fellow graduate student summed it up cynically, quote, Playwright Samuel Beckett is right. Man is just a piece of trash in a universe that's running down. No hope. No hope. And this, this young lady, she didn't have that hope either. But... My second point is this. What we were is without hope. What we are is we are called to hope. God calls us, and he calls us to hope. Ephesians chapter 1, I'll read uh, verses 17, but verse 18 will be the focus. He's praying for the Ephesian Christians, and he said, Paul says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. You're already born again. You've got Jesus in your life. But I am praying that God's spirit, that spirit of wisdom and revelation, will help you really know God. But I'm also praying this so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart, your very inner being, may be enlightened and flooded with light in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Every believer called by God is called into this hope. And sometimes we don't see it. And God was praying, or Paul was praying, May the Holy Spirit enlighten you and help you to see this hope that you already have. 
that you have in Christ. Well, let me continue this story about Mary Ellen. And she was the student that was uh, in the University of Wisconsin. In college, atheism became my religion. Yet when I got into grad school, I find myself seeking to fill a spiritual void in my life. I began practicing Transcendental Meditation, or TM. I met periodically with a TM supervisor. After a year or so of meditating, I mentioned that I had a recurring thought when I was trying to concentrate on my mantra. And it's a line from, uh, from Handel's Messiah. Something in my mind keeps repeating, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. To my young mind, not only was the music thrilling, but the words seemed to come from beyond this world. I love the joyful language. Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. For unto us a child is born, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Her TM supervisor told her to ignore the words that kept coming to her. It's it's getting in the way of your meditation. (laughs) But I told myself, these aren't just random thoughts. It suddenly hit me. The phrase, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, was an invitation from a personal God of glory to seek him. Why couldn't he be wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace? Don't you love that song? That's a powerful song. Within months, she met a woman who explained how she could have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. She said, quote, As I heard the words from the Bible, the words from the musical score made sense. The Holy Spirit convinced me of the truth. The God I'd hungered for, the personal God, loved me. Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. I tell you what. People want hope. And if you're trying to find it in this world, it's very fleeting. It doesn't last. And it's empty in the end. But when your hope is in God, that's the life to live. Colossians, well, let me just, this passage where it talked about that the Holy Spirit would reveal to them the the hope of his calling. That word hope there is elpis, and uh, the Greek word. And it's not talking about an optimistic outlook. Oh, I hope I win a million dollars. You know, it's not talking about that. It's not talking about an optimistic outlook or wishful thinking without any foundation, but in the sense of confident expectation. Confident expectation based on solid certainty. That's this hope. It's a confident expectation based on a solid certainty. God is God. And my hope is in him. And my hope is in Jesus who died for my sins and to cleanse me and to restore me back to God where I can walk with him in my life. Hope. It's awesome. Colossians 1.27 says this. To them... God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, that's everyone who isn't Jewish, everybody else, to to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. There's this mystery that God, from the beginning of time, it was instituted by him, but it was a mystery until the time that he openly revealed it to everybody. What was this mystery? 
Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. When you have Jesus in you, you have hope in you. And it's not just for this world. It goes well beyond this world. It's hope for eternity. Titus 3.7 says that. So that having been justified, declared righteous, just as if you had never sinned, having been justified by God's grace, his favor upon you through his son, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Life with God now, eternal life with him when we leave this earth. Hope. We were without hope, but what we are now, we're called to walk in hope. Hope, we have it, we have it. God's in our lives. Ephesians 2, verse 13. But now you belong to Christ Jesus. This is the passage, we read it earlier. It says, you lived in this world without God and without, without hope, but now you belong to Christ Jesus. Though you once were far away from God, now you have been brought near to him because of the blood of Christ. Without God, without hope, now with God and a living hope that is eternal. God is our hope. As I was studying this, uh, Job came to mind. Now, whenever you start talking about things out of the book of Job, it's rough. You know? And I'm thinking, well, I'd kind of like to keep the message very positive, but I just felt like, no, I got to put this in there. So whoever this is for, it's in there, and it's, it's kind of rough. Maybe somebody's going through a little rough time right now. I don't know. But, but anyway... Job's hope was in God. Start to finish, his hope was in God. But he got in a predicament that he did not understand. He got caught between two people that weren't agreeing with each other. Well, I shouldn't say people, two who weren't agreeing, God and Satan. And Job got caught in the middle of it. Okay. So what do we know about Job? His hope was in God. Scripture says, when you read the book of Job, uh, first chapter, it says that he was blameless, he was upright, he feared God, and he shunned evil. He tried to stay away from evil. So he's not a perfect person, but he's got a heart for God, and he's wanting to walk with God. Well, God was like bragging. Hey, Satan, have you seen my servant Job? This guy's awesome walking with me. And then Satan responds and says, if you remove your blessing and your protection from him, he will curse you to your face. And so God replied, everything he has is in your hands. So God did not cause this stuff to happen, but he did remove his protection. And he he told the devil, everything that Job has is in your hands. That very day, all of Job's children were killed. There was a big storm that came. They were all in the house. The house was flattened. They all died. And all of Job's possessions, his flocks, his herds, they were destroyed. Uh, Fire came from heaven, it says. And then also other raiders from another nation came and they stole the rest of them. Job got all these messages in one day. Okay, I mean, the devil really did take everything. And so he... 
he, it's, it's tough. But there's a passage in Scripture that we've heard of that maybe you didn't know it came from the book of Job. So Job hears this news. He is he's devastated. But he responds, Scripture says, that he worships God. And he said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's where that scripture comes from. Now, Job didn't understand that God wasn't taking this stuff away. He, he didn't see what all was happening. But, well, so the devil gets back with God again. Hey, devil, have you seen my servant Job? Still serving me. And Satan said, well, if he lost his health, he'll, men will do anything to keep their health. But if you take his health from him, he will curse you to your face. And God said, very well then, he's in your hands. But you can't take his life. And what happens after that? Immediately after that, Job is afflicted from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head with these painful oozing boils and sores. And he is in terrible shape. He ends up sitting on an ash heap, a pile of ashes, with a broken piece of pottery trying to get some relief by scraping the sores and the pus and the ooze and all of that stuff, okay? That's where he ends up. But this is how Job responds to all of that. Let's put that passage up there. It's a very short passage. This is what Job says. Though God slay me, yet will I hope in him. He didn't understand it wasn't God doing this. Job didn't understand what all was going on. He was, he was thinking that God was doing this. But he said, you know what? Even if God kills me, I will hope in him. That's all Job had. If I don't have hope in God, I've got nothing. I will not give up my hope in God. Can the devil take your hope? I hope not. I hope not. Because you know what? If you don't have your hope in God, you've got nothing. You might have a lot of material possessions. You might have who knows what, but you really have nothing. So we're called to hope. That's uh, Christians. We have this living hope. It's ours. There's other passages too where people, they, they just wouldn't let go of their hope. The psalmist, he understood difficult times, and this is in Psalm chapter 42, and he writes this psalm, and the words are this. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. I don't know what was going on. I don't know what difficulty the person was going through. But the person spoke to himself and said, Soul? Why are you so downcast? Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. 1 Timothy 4.10 just says this. We have put our hope 
in the living God, who is the Savior of all men. Jesus died for everybody. Jesus is everybody's Savior. Everybody's sins have been paid for. But you have to embrace it in faith. But everybody's sins have been paid for. We have put our hope in the living God who is the Savior of all men and especially of those who believe because they get to experience it even though Jesus died for everybody. So what we were, without God, without hope. What we are, man, we're called to hope. We walk in hope. We live in hope. Jesus is our hope. The last point is this. Well, what do we do? We offer hope. 1 Peter 3.15 But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Let him be the Lord of your life. Let him be the one that you follow. He's got your life now. Follow him. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. People will notice differences on how you respond in life, how things go along. You know, maybe they make fun of you for it. But eventually, they may say, why why do you do that? I mean, our boss is a jerk, and you still keep having a good attitude all the time. Why do you do that? Oh, be ready for those opportunities. Be ready. You know what? Jesus is the peace of my life. It, you know, he helps me to have a right attitude. He's my, all these opportunities come along. You know, Lori, she always have a smile on her face, you know, all the time. Not all the time, but most of the time. <laughs> she was working in the federal building in Juneau. She gets on an elevator, and this guy gets on the elevator also. And she's smiling, and she's always smiling. And uh, how come you smile all the time? <laughs> well, if you knew my husband, Mike, you would understand. <laughs> no, that is not, that is not what she said, Okay. <laughs> That is not what she said. <laughs> okay, it's not Mike. <laughs> but what an opportunity. You know, with, with Jesus, I have joy. Jesus is my joy. You know, we have these opportunities. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. We have hope. It's awesome. Hope in Christ. You know what? Invite people to church. They need hope. They need to hear about Jesus, whether it comes from your lips or whether you invite them and they're going to hear it here. You know, people need to know that Jesus loves them, that Jesus died for them, that Jesus wants to forgive them and to cleanse them and restore them to God so they have God in their life. They walk through this life with all the things that happen, yet God is in them and with them. What a hope. And then when death does come for a person, whatever day that is, there's no fear of death. We just go to be with the one and see him more clearly than we've ever seen him before. You know, what hope we have. 
You know, we had somebody invite someone to church a couple of weeks ago, invite a friend to church. The friend heard about Jesus, responded, received Jesus into their life. But it came with an invitation. Last Sunday night, one of the youth brought along someone with them and heard the message. And last Sunday night, down in the annex, that person received Jesus as their Savior. I mean, we've got a hope. Let's offer it. Let's invite people. It's just, it's just too good to keep secret. You can't treat it like your favorite fishing spot. You can't keep it a secret. You've got to let people know. You've got to let them know. So, um, Christmas Sunday is next Sunday. Invite people. We've got cards out there on the table that are special invitations. And uh, they, you know, Nathan did a good job. They look really nice. And you can just hand them out. You know what? Just toss them to the wind. Jesus will no, no. Hand them out. I, I, I want the place to be packed next week. For my ego, no. So that there'll be people to hear about Jesus. I mean, we're already through this Christmas season. It's going by quickly. It's going by really quickly. But we want everyone to know, hey, it's all about Jesus. That's what this whole thing is about. You know, they may have commercialized it, but it's all about Jesus. God sent his son. So bring friends, bring family next week. Uh, we'll have connections at 1030. You can bring them and just spend some time together with them. We won't have um, the Sunday school time. So anyway, uh, again, last slide. It's just an overview. What we were without hope. Do you remember when you were without hope? Man, I remember it really clearly. It was, it was really very terrible. Yeah, it was, yeah, without hope, it was hopeless, that's right. <laughs> that, that nailed it. Okay, the message is done. You know, when I was with my friends, I had fun with my friends. When I was at work, you know what I mean? Everything's good, but there's those points in time when you start thinking about things beyond that. It's like, what if there is a God? Where do I go from here? I, my thoughts were, I know I'm not making it to heaven if there's a heaven. You know, it was just hopeless. So I didn't want to think about those things. You know what I'm saying? The, the way to deal with it is to, to think about something else. Okay, that's how I handled it. Not a real mature way, but that's how I handled it. But finally the message came to me in a way that I got it. And I thought, man, to be able to get a new life, to, to actually have God who knows everything, even more than my parents knew, for him to forgive me, completely forgive me? Oh, man, when I received Jesus, hope. Oh, the hope. People need that. At least they need the opportunity to hear. <laughs> you know? They at least need that. We were without, uh, what we were is without hope. What we are, man, we're called to hope. You're called to Jesus. You're called to hope. And what we do, we don't keep it a secret. Be ready to offer the reason for the hope that people see in you. Be ready for those opportunities. Now, I'd like you to close your eyes for a moment.
And I want to give anyone, anyone an opportunity. Uh, you may have come to church many times, and you may believe in Jesus. You may believe all of that stuff, but you may not have ever really surrendered your life to him, embraced him as your Lord, and the one that you want to walk with and the one you want to follow. You might admire Jesus, but admiring Jesus isn't enough. You've got to give your life to him. And this morning, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and saying, look, you've been weighing things out for some time, but you've got to let go. You've got to let go and let Jesus have everything. You've got to let him have everything. Let him, let him be the Lord of your life. And then it will be him in you walking through this life. This morning, if that's you and you're saying, I, I am ready to make that decision, I want you to raise your hand. And we'll pray this morning. But I don't ever want a, someone to not have that opportunity. Okay. Now let me just say this also. Maybe, maybe you've been getting kind of beat up by the devil. Maybe you were saying, yeah, that Job thing kind of hits home a little bit. Maybe not as bad, but it still kind of hits home. It's been just kind of tough. Let me tell you. If you have Jesus... You have hope. The devil can't take that away. He can't. Let me just say that again. God is committed to every one of his children to take them through this life and make it to be with him. He's not watching to see if it happens. He is committed to taking you all the way. Embrace that. That's your hope. If God is for you, who can be against you? And God is for you. So I, I want you to be encouraged. I want everybody to leave the sanctuary today encouraged, embracing the hope that they have in Jesus. And walking with God this week. Let me just say one more thing. And you can look up, that's fine. If you're walking under condemnation, there's something that's happened, something that you did. Maybe it was a long time ago, I don't know. But it just weighs you down. And the, and the devil, you know, the thoughts, which I will say is the devil keep reminding you of this and it just keeps and it just it just wears you down it just weighs you down that's not from god that's not from god as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed your sins from you i mean the east and the west they're like opposites right i mean i'm i'm not like the you know a brilliant person but i can figure that out as far as the east is from the west that's how far, that thing that the enemy keeps trying to beat you up with, let me tell you, God has removed it. Scripture says that the devil was disarmed at the cross. All of the things that he would use to beat you, all of your failures and all of your sins, the Scripture says he was disarmed at the cross. All of those things were nailed to the cross. They were taken care of. So, don't let that 
weigh you down anymore. You have hope. Well, I'll carry hope in this hand and guilt in this hand. Why? Why not just get rid of the guilt and just carry the hope? I encourage you, just carry the hope. Our hope, Scripture says in Hebrews, is anchored behind the veil in the holiest of holies in heaven. Our hope is anchored even in heaven. This hope isn't some fleeting, no, 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 it's very secure. You have hope. Say this with me. I have hope. Lots of hope. More than enough. Now, that's not scripture necessarily, but it's still good, okay? It's still good. You've got hope. All right, so we're going to close the service. I'm not sure what song you had for the end of the service, but whatever's appropriate for leaving with hope and joy. All right, so it's not like a repentance song right now, okay? It's hope and joy. That's what we're going to